You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast, a podcast for fathers by fathers, uh, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. And I'm excited for this episode. It's a, it's a long time coming. Uh, we've been we've been kind of working on trying to put this together for a while, and uh, finally got the time to do it. And my man has a super busy schedule, uh, so I'm glad that he was able to take some time out to to share with us. Uh, Dr. Robert, thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I really like and appreciate all that you're doing for fatherhood, especially I think us as black fathers, we need to see each other in action uh, because our kids really need us. And I think that what you're doing is inspiring a lot of young men to step up and be present fathers and be better fathers. So I appreciate you. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, man. I'm hoping to inspire change for the next generation. Um, and I say this all the time, somewhat selfishly, because I got kids that are going to grow up. Um, and if I can inspire other fathers to do a great job in their kids' lives, then my children will live in a world with better people, you know? So so let me, uh, let's, let, I guess we kind of get started. I mean, you can kind of give us a little, uh, little intro, a little bio, like who you are, what what, what you got going on. Okay, yeah, so um, I'm an anesthesiology physician. Uh, My family and I live uh, in the Chicago area. Uh, I have an eight-year-old daughter and a five-year-old son. My son just turned fire this this weekend. Um, And um, what I share on my social media is just kind of how I find a balance between my job and my family and how I try to prioritize uh, family time because to me that's, it's so important that um, I think our fathers and, you know, previous generations, the goal was to kind of uh, just be the financial support to make sure that we are building a future for our kids, providing for them financially. But I think that the dads of today, we um, it's important for us to be more hands on, to spend more quality time, to make sure that we are um, giving our kids affirmation, um, you know, thinking about their not, not just their financial needs, but also their emotional needs um, as they grow up in childhood and develop into adults. And so um, that is really my, my main focus, you know, showing myself as a father, as a physician, um, and how I put everything together to make it all work. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I hear the most is, that guys struggle with is that, that kind of that balance. Right. How do you how do you balance your your career um, and your, you know, your relationship with your family? How do you spend time doing both, like trying to climb the corporate ladder or trying to build a business or just trying to work in whatever field you work in? 
but then also come home and, and build that family up and, and pour into your children, pour into your significant other. Um, how are you managing to do that? Cause I know, I know, uh, as, as I've seen your schedule is pretty crazy. How, how are you managing to, to do that? Yeah, man. So like even, uh, last night I, I did a 24 hour shift last night. Um, it, you know, my schedule is pretty unpredictable. Um, some days I get off at two o'clock. Some days I get off at six o'clock. Some days I get off, um, not until the next day. Uh, and so what really helps me is being organized and with the time that I do have being intentional with it. And so if I get off in the evening, you know, and I do have some time, I try to think of ways to maximize the time that I have with my kids um, to not just, um, you know, if I'm if I'm tired, what are some ways that I can interact with them or be impactful, make them feel heard um, with the little time that I do have? And so I think prioritizing um, my family, staying organized is what helps uh, keep a lot of the balance there. Do you have like a like a like a list of things like, or if I get home at night, I got a couple of things that I can do, or do you have kind of like a plan or is there something that you're thinking of as, as it kind of like on the fly? Yeah. So I have, um, my wife and I both use a Google calendar and so we can kind of put things on the calendar so that I know her schedule. She knows my schedule. Um, and that way, um, we don't get things, you know, too mixed up and we can kind of figure out, what things, um, you know, how I can best help her and how she can best help me. Um, and using the calendar, we kind of know how the week is going to look going forward. Yeah. See, I was just, I was just talking to somebody about that. And that actually, I did a live on that on Friday on the importance of having that calendar, because for me, it made a world of difference. You know, because I could I could just set, set things up and give 100 percent attention to each individual thing because I know I had time accounted for. And so it wasn't like while I'm with my kids, I'm also trying to do this work thing or while I'm at work. I'm thinking about this this home thing that I need to do. I could be locked in and, and be more productive at work because I know that I had time where I was going to spend with my children and, and vice versa. You know, um, and I think without it, like when every once in a while we'll have a week where we don't sit down and go over our calendar and it's like chaos <laughs> it's like it's a it's a madhouse and everybody's scrambling trying to figure out what we got going on that day um and it is literally a game changer for us so so you have a eight-year-old so eight years ago you find out you're gonna become a father uh what was well nine years ago technically what was what was that experience like Man, I, I have always wanted to be a father. I, um, you know, whenever I met my wife, uh, we were first of all married for five years before we even have had kids. And so we already had names picked out. Like we already knew, you know, how we want our, our family to look. Uh, and so whenever we finally, you know, made the decision to, you know, to try to get pregnant and we got pregnant, like it was just, um, you know, I knew that being a father would be rewarding, but it's not until you actually, you know, have your baby in your hands that it really um, impacts you and, and changes you for the, the, the better. And you kind of, um, you know, start to, you know, 
you learn what real love is whenever you see a baby, you know, whenever you see an innocent life that you brought into this world. And so when I had my daughter, Denise, uh, eight years ago, um, I think that it, it made me a better person. You know, it made me more caring. It made me um, really have a, a greater appreciation of, of life and all that my parents went through raising me and helping me to become who I am. Yeah, for sure. So I feel the same way. Like I, I always say, uh, I'm a, I wasn't a bad dude before my kids, but I feel like I'm so much better because of them. Like they forced me to change in ways that I, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about prior to having them. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like you aspire to be so much more than, than what you are or, or what you've been. So you say you, you always want to be a father. What is like, like your whole life, you've been like, man, I can't wait to be a dad. <laughs> so my name, I, I have a, um, a suffix at the end of my name. I'm Robert Singleton II. And so like all through school, kids were like, oh, so when are you going to have the third? When are you going to have the third? And so um, I really, you know, kind of always thought about, you know, having a son one day. And uh, to be honest, to be completely honest, when I had a daughter, I was just a little bit disappointed that I didn't have a son. But, um, you know, after I had her, like, I, I, I can't imagine not having my daughter. I think that girls are such a huge blessing. Um, and uh, I feel like daughters really take care of us as men. Uh, whenever I have uh, uh, male patients in the hospital who come in for surgery, um, it's always the daughters who are the ones who know the medications and who are involved and um, who take care of their dads, either the, the wife or the daughter, or sometimes both of them will come in. Um, and so I think, you know, there's a really special bond between dads and daughters. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, I'm the second too. So I used to get the question all the time, like, you're going to have the third. And, and like, when I had daughters, like even now, people still ask me, well, when are you going for that? Where are you going for that boy? And I'm like, yeah, no, life is complete, man. We, we got exactly what we need. It's two on two. We can play a good, solid half court. We can play man. We can play zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. You know, I think that I think that girls are a blessing. And I think that um, especially for black girls, you know, being able to have another, you know, girl who looks like you, who kind of, you know, who has your same hair who has your same skin color, who goes through the same experiences as you do is such a powerful thing. Um, when I was in my residency program, I worked on labor and delivery and I did, we did tons and tons of C-sections and there was one lady, I looked through her chart and this was her eighth baby. And uh, I went to go meet her and her family. And when I walked in, there were seven girls, like they were, you know, there was a one-year-old, a two-year-old, three, four, five, six, seven, and this was the eighth child and it was a boy. And so she had the C-section and then she had her tubes tied because that, that was it. And um, I thought that was, you know, beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful seeing all their kids, but um, I think uh, a, a lot of times we get focused on the gender and like our legacy as men, but uh, like you said, I think that God, um, he knows what he's doing whenever he gives us girls and they, they really are a, a, a very huge blessing to us. And also, uh, you know, there's a, a really special thing with the whole, with the sister barn as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
for sure. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't. I can't do seven. I can't do seven trying to trying to get a boy. Like that's crazy. <laughs> Yo, we lost. That's it. We we I'm taking that L. The kids are kids are uh, they're fulfilling, but it, it it takes a lot to to raise kids, and I can't imagine having a, a whole. They got a whole roster. So so um, I, I had to ask you. Uh, you know, we talk about fatherhood. And we talk about the fatherhood journey. And typically when we do, we're talking about like when it starts with us and how we are with our children. But our fatherhood journey really starts with with our relationship to our father. So so what is your your relationship with your dad? Yeah, so my parents divorced when I was five years old and my dad lives in Las Vegas. Um, we saw him every summer growing up and today we still are, are very close. Um, I try to call him at least once a week now. But uh, growing up, my dad was always very supportive. Um, he always told me, you know, reach for the stars. Um, there was, I think, one like pivotal moment in my life was whenever uh, I was in fourth grade and I had this essay contest at school about um, uh, staying off drugs and why that's important. And I won the essay contest and my dad just... Um, Whenever he saw that I won the contest, he told me that I was going to, you know, be successful and he made me feel like I was intelligent. And that affirmation, I think, is what really made me want to go further and to go harder in math and science and, um, you know, do well in school. Um, so his affirmations really propelled me forward. Um, and so that's kind of the dynamic that I've had with my dad, even though my parents are divorced, even though they do live, um, you know, he, they were separated by distance as well. Um, he always supported me. Yeah, that's dope. I think a lot of times we don't, we don't think about like the little things like that. Um, and, and maybe, I mean, at that time it wasn't a little thing. I don't want to minimize it, but just like being able to support, like, man, you did really well. I'm so proud of you how that sparks something in our kids what, that we are not even thinking about. You know what I mean? Like he was just proud of you in that moment. He wasn't thinking if I say that he did really good here, he's going to be a doctor later. You know what I mean? It was just, I love my son and I'm proud of him. Great job, son. And then, you know what I mean? And that kind of continued to push you forward, which is, which is super awesome. So I, I love I love some of the stuff that I see. Well, not some. I love all of the stuff that I see from you on on social media. Um, but there's there's one thing in particular that I've seen more recently, um, and that's you've been kind of given like a, a scripture each day, um, and, and it's it's. I mean, like every time I see it, I'm like, dang, that's it. Huh? I don't know how he is like. You know what I mean? Like God is speaking through this brother for sure, because I'll, I'll watch it and I'm like. That's exactly what I needed today. Um, how are you going about choosing those? Is it just, you know, you wake up and, and you know, you kind of hit with it or how's that going? Yeah, so my wife and I, um, we just joined. Well, first of all, we did not go to church for, I think, two years since the, since the pandemic uh, started. Um, we did virtual church. Uh, my wife was a little bit more consistent than that with that than I was, but we didn't go to church for two years. Uh, before that, I was pretty faithful about going every Sunday, whether I was sick or whatever. 
but uh, we stopped going to church and we just started going back Easter of last year. And since then, we both have tried to um, go deeper with our faith, not just for our sake, but for the sake of our children and passing that down to them. Um, and my wife and I have really uh, deep conversations about um, God's word and also how we should be applying God's word to our lives. And so um, I, I just, um, most of my Instagram posts were kind of about family or my job, but I just started to say, you know, I think that, um, you know, this is also a part of me too, my spiritual side. And um, I kind of wanted to share what I was going through spiritually through my Instagram posts. Um, and so uh, whenever I have these conversations with my wife, I try to incorporate um, those things and what I read in the Bible, things that I get from church, things that I get from, you know, listening to gospel music. And I try to put it into a 20 second, you know, uh, uh, Instagram reel to kind of share with people something that's that's shareable that somebody can kind of hold on to or, or like send to their aunt or their uncle or something. And so doing that has been pretty rewarding. And I, I've been really blessed by the feedback that I've gotten from people who find it helpful. Yeah, man, I, I definitely do. And I try to, I try to make sure that uh, when I see them, I share them because I feel like the message resonates uh, with me for sure. And I know there's somebody else out there that's going to resonate with, and I definitely want to, to pass on the message. So I keep, keep doing it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I love it. Um, it's, it's been really powerful for me. So thank you. And there's something else that you do too, and there's uh, there's been these push up challenges, man. And you you uh you've been challenging some heavy hitters, though. Like what <laughs> what a, is that is that a, a means to challenge yourself to do more? Or are you just trying to what's what's the deal? Yeah, man. So I have been doing you know a push up challenge for now 27 weeks, and the purpose behind it is um, so I, I I'm an anesthesia doctor, and I see patients before surgery and I always ask about their exercise tolerance, how physically active are they? And it's always disappointing whenever I have patients who are not physically active. I ask, you know, can you climb a flight of stairs? And they say, you know, why, why would I climb stairs? Um, and there's people who are just kind of content with being sedentary and they don't realize that, you know, if you're healthier, you can, Sometimes, not every time, but sometimes you can prevent different types of cancers from forming. You can prevent high blood pressure, diabetes, fibromyalgia, so many different health conditions by eating well, by you know getting sleep, by exercising, by having healthy lifestyle habits. And so um, that's why I kind of did this push-up challenge to show people that you know exercise makes you healthy. If you don't want to have to, you know, um, you know, we all have to, you know, die, of course, eventually. But those latter years of my life, I want to be healthy. I want to be able to walk and to enjoy my grandkids and my retirement. Uh, and the way to do that is by having a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like to say that, uh, you know, as much as I enjoy fatherhood, and, you know, I love fatherhood. And if I love it the way I say I do, I want to be a father for as long as possible. 
and the only way for me to be a father for as long as possible is to to be as physically fit as I can be, to eat healthy, to exercise, to take care of my body, um, so that I get to get to that next level. Where I get to be grandfather, and I like I really want to be like the old wise great grandfather. You know what I mean? Like I I, I when I was a kid. Me and my grandfather had a really strong relationship. My daughters and their grandfathers have a really strong relationship. I want to, you know, I want to kind of have that with their kids. And then, like, even further, right? Like, I want to try to see how long I can be around, you know what I mean? And the only way to do that is to be healthy, right? Because accidents are going to happen. Things are going to happen. And we don't know, you know, tomorrow wasn't promised, but... I want to live today like I know tomorrow is coming and there's another tomorrow after that. So, um, so when you, when you, I, I have to ask you as, as, as in your professional opinion, exercise wise, um, or, or health wise, what are, what are some of the things, I mean, I guess we can Google this, but most guys aren't going to, what, what should we be doing as, as fathers, as men, to to make sure that we are staying healthy, staying on top of our our fitness, or you know, doing things to avoid having to come see you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that it's important. Um, you know, all of us know the basics. You know, eat healthy, exercise. But one thing that I wish more people um, were open to and, and would and would do is to, you know, get help if you need it. You know, um, I have a personal trainer. Um, it's not that I don't know how to exercise, but having somebody who offers accountability, who can help me to have good form and prevent injuries, uh, who can help me stay healthy, you know, that is important. And I feel like um, no matter what your budget is or, you know, how much you want to invest, you should try to um, get help. You know, we, we as men can't be afraid to get help. Um, and that can be in the form of an online personal trainer, uh, an in-person, you know, personal trainer, or even, you know, there's different apps out there. Um, I've done Weight Watchers before, but um, getting help if you need it, I think is a good place to start. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like that old, uh, you know, we don't, we don't want to stop for direction. We got to figure it out on our own. Uh, and we see it as as a weakness, right? That we have to get help from somebody, or or we don't put enough value on it that we don't want to pay somebody to to help us, right? Like uh, I'll be all right, kind of thing. Uh, or or your dudes would be like, well, my grandfather, you know, he ate red meat and he he drank he drank a, a bottle of liquor and, and smoked seven cigarettes. And he lived to be a hundred. <laughs> like that that's not that's not you. And just in case, just in case you aren't as lucky as grandpa, you know, get some help, you know, figure out what it is that you need to do. And then uh, you mentioned something too in there, along with the accountability, which I think is huge. Uh, the injury prevention part of it is, is also a huge thing because there's, you can Google workouts. You can go on Instagram and follow influencers who are doing workouts, but if you don't have a set of eyes on you watching you do some of these exercises, especially as we get older, uh, you're setting yourself up for injury for sure. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen, um, you know, and I think if you exercise, sometimes, you know, the, the more you exercise, the higher the chances are of you getting injured. So sometimes it's, it, it's gonna happen, but you can reduce the chances of that happening with proper form, with having somebody help you with your form. Um, like you said, a lot of times we don't even realize what our form is. Even if you're in front of a mirror, you can't always judge your form as well as uh, somebody else who's observing you. Um, a couple years ago, I, I did this, this squatting challenge on Instagram and um, I had my phone to record my squats and I had no, I, I, in my head, I was going down pretty deep. <laughs> But when I looked on the phone, <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really not, um, you know, I really don't have the form that I thought I had doing these squats. Um, and so uh, whenever I'm with my trainer, you know, he's able to help me get good form to try to prevent so that I can prevent injury um, and also to maximize my time in the gym. Yeah, I think that's another one of those things, too, is that, that uh, you know, time is the issue, right? Just like we talked about before, with time being an issue with that work-life balance, uh, you know, finding the time to exercise or making the time to exercise is always the the excuses. You know, I don't have time. First, you're telling me I need to spend time with my kids and my family. Now you're telling me I need to go exercise. Like, I don't have that time. Um, and that's because, kind of for the same reason, it's like a lot of times if you don't have a schedule or you don't have an actual workout plan, then it's just all busy work and you're just doing random stuff. So of course you don't have time because the time isn't allocated specifically for that. Yeah. And, and my response to that is always, you know, what are your priorities? Because there's plenty of people who are super busy, you know, even look at the president of the, of the U S you know, whenever Barack Obama was in office, you know, how did he have time to be healthy, to play basketball? Um, you know, we make excuses for time, but it's it's really about your priorities. And whenever you prioritize your health, um, you you make time. Uh, and it's it's better to make time on the front end while you're healthy than on the back end. Whenever now you have to make time for doctor appointments and um, you know having to have surgery and and repair uh, because you spent a lot of years neglecting your health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of staying on the time aspect of it, and like we talked about your schedule and how, how that kind of works and you know, making sure that you're intentional with the time that you get to spend with your kids. I've been talking to guys a little bit more about this uh, recently, about like, you know, your relationship to your wife. When you're busy the way you are and you're making sure that you're showing up as a great father, how are you still also finding time to spend spend with your wife? Yeah, man. So that's one thing that we are working on doing better on. Um, our main issue right now is finding um, childcare for us to do like evening dates. Uh, our my, my wife's mom now works nights and we don't really feel comfortable with a lot of babysitters. Uh, we don't have a lot of family here. So the way that we have worked around that is we do a lot of um, during the day, afternoon dates, lunch dates. Um, we try to make time for each other during the day. And then also, um, at night after the kids are asleep, we maximize that time together. Uh, we make sure that we have, um, you know, really caught up with each other. Um, how are we feeling about our jobs? 
um, how can we support each other? Um, and so we try to make time during the evening time as well to, um, to, to spend quality time together. So during the day we do dates and then at night spend that time catching up. Yeah, I, I think that's really important because it isn't always going to look like the traditional thing, right? Like you go out on these evening dates to dinner and the movies. Sometimes it's it's lunch and just conversation. Um, but I think when you find a way to nurture that relationship uh, any way that you can, right? Because I, I told my girls this the other day is uh, we were husband and wife before we were mommy and daddy. We were talking about like Valentine's Day and my youngest was like, well, if you guys go out to dinner, then I want to come too. And I'm like, nah, not really. Like that's me and mommy time and we'll take you to dinner some other time. But we have to, we have to have husband and wife time so that we continue to be great mom and dad or else, or else, you know, we start arguing or we have disagreements and we don't get to give and pour into you the way that we need to because our cups aren't being, you know, refilled. Yeah, so that's cool, man. Um, are you are you finding now that because you just you guys just got out to Chicago, right? Yeah, so we've been here for a little bit over a year now. We moved here um, Thanksgiving twenty twenty two, and so it's been a little bit over a year. And uh, you know, this is the best. That was one of the best decisions that we made moving here, being closer to family, being in a bigger city. Um, and so Chicago has been treating us very well. Yeah. I was going to say, are you, are you kind of finding, finding your stride there now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, my wife works in downtown Chicago. Um, and I work kind of South of Chicago. Um, so she kind of goes North and I go South for work. Um, and I, I actually just started a new job this past November. Um, and you know, that's working out super well. The kids are enjoying their school and, um, what's nice is being close to so many, um, different, uh, you know, good restaurants and, and great places. Uh, there's so many activities for our kids to do. I have my son, um, in basketball or he was in there in the, um, a, a few months ago it ended, but then they both are in swim class, which wasn't available year round in our last city. So. Um, definitely enjoying it. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, so basketball and swim, are they, are they involved in anything else extracurricular? So, um, I want to definitely get them into more things. The issue is, um, you know, like you said, you know, back to the priorities thing right now they're in swim, which is once a week. And then they're also in, uh, their youth ministry at church once a week. And then, um, you know, a lot of evenings, both my wife and I are, are it, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of juggle and manage everything. So right now, that's that's all that we can accommodate. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I think I think sometimes we, we try to get them involved in too much. And uh, it's that kind of like you got a finger in everything and a hold on nothing. Um, you know, kind of give them some time to focus on on one or two things and then outside of that they just you know they get to spend time uh building relationships with each other and, and with you guys which is which is ultimately going to be key in the long run yeah i, I definitely hope so <laughs> so uh 
So I uh I got a I had a question for you that that I kind of ask everybody, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what your answer is. Is, is um, you know obviously a father, and uh, you know this is a fatherhood podcast, but what does what does fatherhood mean to you? What is fatherhood? To me, fatherhood is being present and passing down your ideas and your values. Um, and that can be your biological kids or it can be uh, kids that you've adopted, you know, kids that are not your own, but um, just being present and passing down your goals and values. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's the... Uh... That's the real legacy piece, right? It's those kind of more intangible things that they can take and build upon. It's like a solid foundation. Okay, if you if you had if you had any advice for fathers, if you wanted to like like one message that you wanted dads to know, uh, that you like if right now you posted that every dad in the world would see. What would that message be? So kind of similar to my advice with fitness is, you know, get help. You know, um, one thing that I like about the community of dads on Instagram is that we kind of have each other to kind of model fatherhood and to kind of, um, you know, see what being a dad looks like. What does a black dad look like? What does affection look like for our kids? Some of us didn't have dads who, um, you know, said, I love you, or, you know, gave hugs, you know, how present should we be? How hands-on should we be? So I think finding community, finding help, you know, um, finding people who you can get advice from. Um, I was able to call somebody last week for advice with my son, and um, that was very valuable. Uh, so I, I think going out and, and getting help, I don't think that it's enough to just kind of rely on what we already know because sometimes the the way that our dads operated and generations past may not work today or it may not have um it may not work for our kids and so i think that we have to always reevaluate try to get better if we want our kids to be better i agree man i think so many times we're we, what we question ourselves whether we're enough and then and then we don't go get help <laughs> you know we're like yeah i would just figure it out or ah they'll be okay but i i enjoy that part of the instagram dad community as well is because the further i get into it the more i'm like oh man i could reach out to this guy or you know somebody will post something like you'll post something and i'm like oh man that's a great idea let me try that. Or, or, you know, there, there's kind of, or somebody will message me and I'm like, Oh, let me help. You know, I, I, I really, I really think that community is key. Um, the whole lone wolf idea is, is, it's not, it's not bad, but it's not the only way to do it. You know, it, it definitely worked better in a pack. Uh, two heads are better than one. And if you can get a community of guys, with kids older than you and kids younger than you, um, you can you can probably do a good job of raising your kids. You're, you're somewhere in the middle, you know. Yeah, I agree. And and also, I want to add, you know, that you know, there's no such thing as a perfect dad. I think that 
fatherhood looks different for all of us. Um, not everybody is going to be, you know, as, as fit as, as you are. Um, you know, not, not everybody's going to be as career oriented as I am, you know. Um, but we all have our different talents, our different interests, our different strengths. And um, so fatherhood is going to look different for, for all of us. And we shouldn't have a pressure to fit a certain mold, but just to be present, to be our best and, and be the best dad for our kids, however that looks. Yeah, that's key. That is really important. I'm glad you said that because I think I think uh, like with anything else with the social media, you get into that kind of comparing situation where like so and so did this and he's a great dad, so I got to do this. But it may not work for your kids, and it may not work for your family or your situation. And so you're right, just being the best best version of you the best dad that you can be is the key. Okay, kind of kind of along those same lines, if you had to, to put together a, a reel, uh, 20 seconds, and you wanted that message to go out uh, to your kids, what would that what would that message be? Could you could you repeat that? I, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, no, I say so kind of along the same lines, if you were uh, if you were able to kind of get a message out and that message was going to go directly to your kids, what would you want them to hear? Yeah, I would want them to know that my my love for them, my support for them is unconditional. I never want for them to feel like if they mess up or if they make a mistake that, uh, or if they make a, a decision that I don't agree with, that I don't love and support them. And so I want them to know that um, there's nothing they can do to make me, you know, um, not love and support them. It's the kind of love that I think all, all parents should have should be unconditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there, man, because there are going to be, I think we all have expectations. As much as we try not to, we at least have some thought for how our kids are going to be based on what we've done, based on what we're trying to accomplish with them, what we're trying to teach them. Um, but the reality is, is that they're going to choose their own path with our guidance, hopefully, with with our lessons, hopefully. But they're going to choose their own path. They're going to try to do some of the things that we tell them to do, and they may mess them up, right? Because just like us, they're not perfect. Um, and I think it's our job as fathers, as leaders, um, when they do make those mistakes, to provide support. I mean, we may not have the answer, and sometimes we do, and maybe we can give them the answer and we can support them in that way. But sometimes it's just like, hey, it just messed up. It was just wrong. It didn't work out, but that's life. And, uh, you know, how can I support you? Like, what what do I need to do to help you get back on track? Or, And I think that's enough, you know. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as fathers and in turn on our children because we want them to be better than us. And, you know, and it's that, that whole idea of perfection that is really unrealistic. So, 
Yeah, that's that's great, man. I, I'm sure hearing that from you and, and seeing it from you and feeling it from you is is going to help them. Just like you know, your dad being proud of you, uh, you know, with the with the essay, kind of propel them into the next level of their life without you know without you having to try to force it. So. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, um, as as we're we're kind of moving into the next phase of, of the year, uh, we're kind of out of the well, not out of the winter. I'm, uh, it's, it's <laughs> the middle of the country is frozen right now. Um, but as we start to kind of get into the spring, and uh, you know, the weather gets better and people aren't as as sick and all that. Um, is there is there any anything that that dads should be doing going forward health wise to like keep themselves other than like we talked about fitness uh we know that we should be eating better is there anything else that we need to know anything as we're like like aging i'm on, i'm about to be 40 like what do i need to do to make sure that i like i said i get to be great granddad yeah man you know, I think one of the most important things is to get your annual uh, visit, uh, establish, you know, a primary care physician. Um, a lot of times throughout the year, there's different um, awareness months like colon cancer awareness, you know, prostate cancer awareness. And people always ask, you know, when should I get this screening? When should I get this test? And the best first step to do is to establish your primary care physician because they can guide you and they can look at your family history, your risk factors, and determine what screenings are necessary during that time. Um, so that would be the first thing. And then the second thing, I think, uh, is to look at your lifestyle. Um, what are you doing to your body? Um, you know, is it making you healthier or less healthy? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up there as well. I'm 38 years old as we move into our, our 37, as we move into our 40s. You know, these are the years that are really going to going to determine how healthy we're going to be in our 50s and 60s. And so if we're not eating right, if we're not exercising, if we're not living a healthy lifestyle, it's going to catch up with us in our 50s and 60s. And so uh, we have to look at uh, what what are we eating and how are we moving our bodies? Yeah, you hear that, guys. So let's make sure we uh, we get we get a yearly. Cause I, I I struggle with that. I'm like, yo, I'm healthy. I'm you know, nothing's wrong with me. I'm good. Um, but my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer a couple of years ago, and so I'm like, oh, man, now now I got I got to worry about that. And he he had a heart condition when I was in high school. He had to have a stent put in. And so I'm like, dang, man, I got to make sure I really take care of myself. And like, you got to get into the doctor whether I want to or not, whether I feel good or not like i've got to you know make sure that i i get my visits in and make sure that everything is on track um and like you said get those screening um because i don't want to i don't want to find out i have something after i already have it like if i could do something pre preventative or before it uh to kind of take a better approach to it then i definitely want to do that and i think again a lot of guys just don't go to the doctor 
Yeah, so so doctor's orders, man. You guys got to get in and get your physicals, get in and get your annual checkup. Um, before we go, Doc, did you have did you have anything else that you wanted to share with the fellas? Yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. Again, I admire what you're doing. And I just want to say, you know, to the guys, um, you know, that we have to kind of be there for each other. Um, you know, the community of fatherhood is really powerful. Um, we can learn from each other. We can help each other grow. Um, and I think that we should try to uh, encourage other guys who may not know their way, um, you know, not, not shame them, make them feel bad. But, you know, I think one of the best ways that we can help new dads and, and dads who could do better is just by, um, you know, being the change that we want to see by exemplifying, by being an, an example. And um, I think by us being good dads, it shows other, other guys how to be good dads and uh, we can all help each other through community. Yeah, I agree. If the guys want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, uh, robertsecond53, um, and uh, I'm there pretty much every day. Um, I post about my family, my job. I, I try to post inspiration um, that I find helpful. Um, so that's where I am mostly on my, on my Instagram page. Also TikTok and YouTube with the same handle. Awesome. And I'll, we'll have all that in the guest profile for you guys. If you don't remember it, uh, you, can, you can click guest profile and you'll see all that information there. Doc, thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know, know, like I say, your schedule's super busy, but, but taking the time out to get this done, man, I really appreciate it. For sure. Go ahead and get some rest, man. I know you, you probably got, a, you got another 24 or something crazy coming up. All right. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also, follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, Go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it.